welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast. I am your host, Dr. Christopher Lewis. Really excited to be able to talk to you again this week. And as you know, every week, we have an opportunity to be able to delve a little bit deeper into that relationships that we have with our daughters, be able to look a little deeper into what it means to be a dad, to be able to learn from other dads and be able to experience a little bit of perspective as we are able to think about what we can do to be better dads. And that's what this show is all about. It's an opportunity for you and I to be able to talk with one another and to be able to talk to other dads about the journey that they've been on, to be able to raise those strong, independent women, those daughters of ours that are growing into the independent women that we want them to be as they prepare for their lives outside of our own homes. And it's so important that we have these conversations every week because, you know what, if we don't, there's a feeling that you have to go it alone and that should never be going through your mind because there are so many dads out there that you and I can learn from, that we can be able to connect with and be able to do unique things with, to be able to grow from and be able to learn little things, big things, and be able to change some of our own perspectives about the way that we father because no way of fathering is correct. There are different ways to do it, and that's okay. And this week, we've got another great guest with us. Dan Luigs is with us, and Dan is the host of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast, and we're going to be talking about the journey that he was on with that, but he's also a father of two daughters, and their age is 10 and 9, and I always love being able to talk to dads that have a similar experience with two daughters themselves. So Dan, thanks so much for being here today. Chris, I am so grateful to be on. I'm super excited to be with you today and super excited to be able to share with your audience. Well, I'm excited to have you here as well. And I always love starting the show really just going back in time, getting into that chime machine and and being able to look back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. What was going through your head? Oh my goodness. What was going through my head was... Well, my wife got what she wanted. I've got almost 40 years of training of how to raise a son. In my mind, I was always going to have kids and my kids were going to be boys. <laughs> and then I found out that was not the case. And then I found out that was not the case a second time. And I went, uh-oh, <laughs> I got a whole lot of learning to do because I, I have no idea how to raise a daughter. You definitely have to go through that process of learning, and there's a little fear that goes with that. I, I talk to a lot of dads, and consistently they tell me that there's a little bit of fear. Not only fear about being a dad, because there's definitely fear about that. There's no manual to being a dad in that regard, but being a dad to a daughter raises a lot of fears in dads, especially if it's their first child. What would you say was your biggest fear or has been your biggest fear in raising daughters in today's society? Uh, there's a number of different ones. Fear or, or even just a letdown. I wasn't planning on necessarily taking them right out to the shooting range. I wasn't all that fired up about them being the star of the football team. It seemed like gender, like those things might not be 
in our future, you know, and I definitely don't want my daughter to be the star of the football team. <laughs> so there was a little bit of that. And then the fear really was what kind of men are going to be around in her life? What kind of men are she going to attract? What's she going to put up with? And in order to combat that, you know, I've got to build her self-confidence, her self-worth. So she has the confidence to be who she is. So not only do men not influence her in a bad way or affect her in a negative way, but also all the women that are out there that may be on the attack mode or may have a bad day and say something offhanded to knock her off off her game. I'm like, I've got to really, really build a super solid foundation for these girls of resilience, of knowing who they are and knowing they can do things differently than the way the world trains them. I want my influence to be the influence that matters. I want my wife's influence to be the one that matters. And our influence is, you know, based on Christ. So we want the Christian values instilled in our kids as opposed to the world's values. You've got so much media, so many outside influences that if we don't spend intentionally time with sons or daughters, in this case our daughters, the ways the world are going to creep in and YouTube's going to parent our kids. So we've got to be intentional and, and figure out what's important and share that with our kids and help them navigate life and guide them towards good outcomes. So talk to me a little bit about being intentional. What do you mean by that? And what have you had to do with your own daughters to take that step back to be able to be intentional in the the conversations or the work that you're doing with them to help them sift through the noise? Yeah. So it changes over time as we get older, as our daughters get older. Once upon a time, I heard a guy say to his child, hey, listen, you're nine years old in three days. I've never parented a nine-year-old, three-day-old kid before, so this is new for me too. Whatever we're going through right now, we're going to navigate this together and do the best that we can. So as children, of course, get older, there's things that change. So the things that you're doing at one day and six months and six years and 12 years are all going to change. So you're going to continually need to progress and adapt how you parent. I like to look for rhythm in life. So if I do something specific on certain days at certain times, it makes it easy for me to just keep that habit and repeat. So things like my morning routine, an easy one example of what you're asking for is, what do I do with my daughters? Well, every Sunday we go to church. We always go to 1015. After 1015, we have a conversation about what was talked about in church. And I either lead a discussion, and lately my daughter turned 10, I've actually turned the discussion over to individual family members, and most often my 10-year-old takes notes, writes questions down during during the service, and leads the conversation, asks us questions, and gets our input on. And so it's like a, a total setup. It's the best. They got material, all of us here, all of us experienced together, and then afterwards we have another conversation about our thoughts about the we just heard the same thing, but each one of us have different thoughts and takeaways. And typically, we also incorporate a lunch into that. And if we can bring some other people into that as well, we can influence them for the good. And oftentimes, they can influence us for the good as well. So just having something like that on the calendar, church service, and then a conversation. Kids' practices, they're typically on the same days. And inside of those practices, you can instill core values. For example, I guys, if you can coach a team, whether you're the head coach or assistant coach, you if you don't understand the sport whatsoever, there's YouTube out there. You can go catch videos on how to do practices and all that type of stuff. So don't let the technical stuff get in your way. So one of my softball teams I'm the head coach of, I just accepted a second team this year. So I'm going to coach both my daughters, which should be cool. And the softball team that I've been running, I have the girls ask themselves three questions. 
ask yourself as you're getting ready to think or talk out loud, is it kind? Is it true? Is it helpful? And if it doesn't check those boxes, don't say it. So I flipped the script on them and I said, hey, girls, what about inside of your head? So you're thinking about saying things to other people. What about yourself? You know, do you ever talk to yourself? Do you ever have thoughts that run through your head? And what if you applied those three questions to those thoughts and a girl jumps up and she raises her hand and super excited. And she says, I got it, coach. I got it. I got it. I said, all right, what do you do? She goes, whatever those thoughts are that are in my head, I just don't say them out loud. I keep them to myself. I said, you almost got it, sweetie. You almost got it. And all the rest of the girls on the team were like, no, you can't talk to yourself that way either. And then we talked about taking captive those thoughts and transforming them. So much so the star player on my softball team was walking up to bat and I met her in the on-deck circle and I said, hey, Kai, how do you feel about this pitcher? How do you feel about this at bat? And she goes, coach, I got to tell you, I'm going to strike out. I'm not a very good hitter. This isn't going to go very well. And I said, Kai, you know what? You are absolutely right. You are going to strike out. I believe in you. And she stops and looks at me as she's on her way to the box. She goes, coach, I don't need to hear that as I'm getting ready to get in the batter's box. She goes, holy cow. I can't believe I said that stuff out loud. I'm not allowed to talk to others that way or myself. I've got to change my language and the way I think. And she came up with something like, I'm going to focus on the ball. I'm going to take a good swing. I'm going to swing at strikes. I'm going to do my best. And then she went out and hit a home run. That's amazing. And it's definitely a story that I think you can tell not only other kids on your te- on the team, but your daughters too, because I think it it reframes not only the conversation that they need to be having with themselves, but the conversations that other dads need to be having with their daughters too. So I appreciate you sharing that. And then with that, when you're involved in the team, you get to have influence on the other parents as well and help them think through how they either help their kids with the sport you're in or how they even parent. But you can do it in a subtle way just by being involved and being there shoulder to shoulder, if you will. Talking about being there shoulder to shoulder, I know you have two daughters and every dad that has more than one child, you have to build those unique relationships and your daughters are close to the same age, but, but they're different and they're different individuals. So how to, talk to me about how you create those unique bonds and work to be able to maintain those unique bonds with them as individuals. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, my wife and I a long time ago came up with daddy-daughter dates and mommy-daughter dates. So the kids get super excited. We just go out on an adventure separately. I'll grab one, my wife will grab the other, and we'll just do whatever. So it could be going out and grabbing some ice cream and then hitting the arcade or whatever, or it could be bowling, or it could be rock climbing, or going on a hike, or going and playing softball, you know, practicing softball or something. But, uh, you know, then we come back and we say, what'd you guys do? You know, like, ah, oh, dad, we got to do that next time. And we just have fun with it. So that's, that's a special way to connect is to spend intentional one-on-one time. Little board games around the house are great. The kids can get darn good at Connect Four, so they can beat you at that one eventually. But just having fun with it and and enjoying yourselves. One tip I heard, I forgot which book it was that I got it from, but it was talking about the car ride home. So if parents are carpooling, be there for the car ride home. You want to drop them off or pick them up? I want to pick them up. So it might be 10 o'clock, might be 11 o'clock, might be midnight, but drive them home and be quiet. Just sit in the front seat and don't direct or do anything or maybe throw a question out and allow them to talk, but almost be a silent observer They'll forget you're there and you'll be able to immerse yourself in your daughter's life and their friend's lives and really hear what's going on. They just had tons and tons of fun 
and you kind of get to be a fly on the wall and and really hear the way that they interact with each other. On the way there, it's a totally different story. They're anxious, they're anticipating, they're on their best behavior. They haven't had a chance to kind of get loose and everything, but on the way home, it's totally different. And then I'll throw in one more car ride home thing. If you're driving them home from a sporting event that they just competed in, be super, super careful to be critical, not only there, but anywhere in life. Instead of being critical, be curious just ask questions and dive into whatever it is they're thinking about and going through. Oftentimes as dads, we can be Monday morning quarterbacks or dissecting the play. Hey, what if you would have did this? And then you could have tried harder and all that stuff. And whether you've got boys or girls, they often say that the car ride home from the sporting event is the worst 15 minutes of a kid's week. And often I talk to the big league guys and the the managers and coaches and parents of the guys that have made it to the pros. And they're like, that car ride home is so, so critical how those conversations go. They're either going to fall in love with the sport or, you know, back away from the sport, oftentimes due to that car ride home. And the same thing with your connection with your kid. If you're criticizing them in that moment, there's plenty of time for coaching and guiding later. But in that moment, that can really drive a, a wedge in your relationship with your kids. So be super, super careful anytime you go to criticize. And instead, I would say, be curious and just learn more about them and get into their, their thoughts and might not make a statement. Just allow them to talk. And uh, if you get short answers, give them a tell me more or I'd like to know more about that or help me understand or you know something like that to allow them to just keep going. Um, A small, simple thing you can do is also mirror their conversation. This came from Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, number one negotiator in the world. It says, just repeat the last three to five words of what they say, and they'll continue. So it sounds like the silliest thing in the world, but if you just listen to the last three to five words, repeat them back, just flat tone of your voice, they'll continue to talk. They'll continue to talk. It's absolutely amazing. Practice it a little bit, and you'll just be cracking up when you see it that strategy actually work. I use it all the time and it works all the time. It's a great tip. And I guess for me, you know, one of the things that I kind of am wondering is, you know, you're talking about those intentional moments, those intentional moments in the car or those special moments that you have to share with each of your your kids to be able to build that relationship even stronger. Talking about those intentional times and talking about both your daughters, is there a favorite thing that you love to do with each of your daughters that may be unique to each one that is unique in that relationship that you're building? Personally, I'm much more into physical activity than I am into playing Barbies. So whenever we're engaged in things, I steer towards hikes and things like that. So one of my daughters, she's more into hikes and exploration. She's also into pitching. She loves being the pitcher and in control of what's happening. So we tend to hike and and pitch and she's the one that also likes to play connect four a lot. So uh, we'll do things like that that are kind of challenging together. My other daughter, she likes to just run around and uh, do some spontaneous things. So, hey, can we go get ice cream? Sure. Why not? One day out of nowhere, we had a sporting event. We did the ice cream thing and she says, hey, dad, can we run by the grocery store? Like, what do you want to go by the grocery store for? She goes, I saw some poor people the other day and I know a place where they go get food from. Could we buy a whole bunch of canned goods and bring them to the food pantry? I'm like, we're in time where we can audible and do anything we want. And you came up with the idea to 
go buy some food and bring it by the food pantry. Yes, you bet we can. <laughs> we sure can, man. That was one of the best days ever. Like it brought tears to my eyes. She was probably seven at that time. Came up with that idea. That's amazing. And, you know, I've had those experiences as well where they do things that you're just not expecting and it puts a smile on your face. It, it kind of a spring in your step and makes you really feel like the weight of the world is lifted because you're doing something right because you've you've guided them in a way to be able to help others and to make the world a better place. And it feels very good when that happens. And it's funny, the way I, I hear you say it and I think to myself, it's so funny when you do good for others, it comes back and you feel good yourself and it builds on itself. And there's a upward spiral of life that way. So you may be feeling bad and you may be in a downward spiral of life, but if you get away from the situation and do something positive for somebody else, it changes your day and changes the way you think and putting a smile on somebody else's face or just doing some random act of generosity like the food pantry thing can just elevate your spirits and kind of pull you out of a rut. So I, I heard you say that and I'm like, oh my gosh, heck yeah. Like it's a gift for somebody else, but it's an even bigger gift for you. Definitely is. Now, when you talk about gifts and the opportunity to be able to connect, you know, with the community, with others, one of the things I mentioned at the beginning is that you are the host of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast, and you've had quite a few episodes that you've already put out there. So talk to me about the story here. What was it that was going through your head that made you say, I want to start a podcast and specifically the podcast talking about the journey of a Christian dad. Yeah. So years ago, I went on Saturday morning group, a men's group. Guys, if you're not in a men's group of some way, shape or form, whether it's Christian or not, get involved with other men. What we tend to do is we tend to go solo. We tend to put all the problems on our back because we can do anything. We're men, we're powerful. And we shut into our family. We then jump in and excel at work. And we get a whole bunch of accolades there or we get no accolades, but we keep pouring into it for whatever reason. And we leave our wife, we leave our, our kid's mom, we kind of shut her down. We've lost all our high school buddies on a routine basis. They're still our buddies, but we don't hang out with them as much. And then we can tend to lean towards something unhealthy, whatever that may be. Take your list, you know, pick your poison. So I jumped into a men's group. This did happen to be at a church. And in that, there was a scripture verse that talked about a husband is the spiritual leader of the family. So spiritual or not, take it for what you will. But guys, you are the leader of your family, whether you know it or not. Your wife is looking to you for leadership and guidance. What we tend to do, like as it happened in my case, I got fired from every job in the house. I once shrunk my wife's sweater shortly after we were married. Therefore, I never had to do laundry again. That wasn't my intention. She just decided, you're not good at this. You're never going to be good at this. You're not going to do it as good as I can, so you're fired. Okay, fired. I kept being able to take the trash out, and I wasn't allowed to mow the lawn. And then my wife realized she had uh, grass allergies, so she'd allow me to mow the lawn. And outside of that, I didn't do anything else good enough. And over time, that has changed radically. But as an example of our wives seeing things that need to get done, and they just take over and do them, kids' activities, running the social calendar. Often I talk to guys and I say, hey, Saturday, you know, what's going on? 
I don't know. I got to check with my wife and look at whatever she's got on the calendar. She plans everything outside of the eight to five. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Your wife wants you to take her out. Your wife wants you to say, hey, Friday night, I got some plans for us. I've got the sitter taken care of. Really? What are we doing? I got, you know, I got it all planned out. Things that you love to do, whatever that is. So be proactive, take some leadership. And from that, I, I realized I didn't have kids yet, but oh my gosh, I had given away so much inside of our family and I excelled at work and I was following that track of isolation, doing great at work, not prioritizing my wife. So if you can take one thing from this podcast, prioritize your wife. Every day, ask yourself, what can I do to prioritize my wife? She is so, so, so special. Same thing as what I talked about with daughters, building your daughters up helping them with confidence. Same thing with your wife. Females often, safety is like one of their super, super, super primary things that they need to feel. Safety and security. So our wives often ask themselves, does my husband still love me? And she may ask that question three, four, five, six, seven times a day. So if you're not telling your wife in a meaningful way that you love her multiple times a day, you've got to appreciate her somewhere around five, six, seven to one compliments versus criticism. So if you can lean into curiosity instead of criticism, that'll help get to that seven to one ratio. When you're down to a one to one ratio, that means you're heading towards divorce. FYI. So of all the guests that I've had on, I've had on Green Berets, Navy SEALs, the number two draft pick in the NBA, Major League Baseball players, World Series champions, NFL guys, on, 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 New York Times bestselling authors. And I say, hey, what's the key to raising your kids? And more often than not, probably 90% of the time, the answer comes back with some version of love your wife well. If you're not married to your kid's mom, this will sound hard to do for some, but love your kid's mom well. So if you're criticizing, if you're uh, not, in a, not in a good space, figure out a way to get there. That's something that you have control over. That's where you can show your leadership, and that'll help your kids be much better adjusted in life. And we're talking daughters here, so this is critical. When your daughters get out of the house, if you've had a bad relationship with their mom, guess who they're going to find to connect with? A guy that treats them poorly also. That's not where I want to go. So earlier you asked what my biggest fear was. My biggest fear was my daughter's connecting with a guy, living with them, maybe getting married to them, and then ultimately having a rough, rough life because they've selected the wrong guy. We can often, men can often choose women. However, in reality, women are typically the ones that pick the guy, whether the guy knows it or not. So if we raise our daughters well, we love our wife intentionally well, we prioritize her. In the Bible, it talks about Proverbs 31, 10 to 12, a wife of noble character who can find. Why didn't marry a noble character wife? Well, that was your choice. Now it's our job to flip the script and build our wife up and really pour into her appreciation, affirmation. And once we do, our wives will change. They will blossom. They will come alive because they'll feel their husband is a team with her. They'll feel that her, that you love her and that will radically change her and she'll bloom into what's next. So she'll be worth more than rubies. Her husband has confidence her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm. 
all the days of her life. So we've got to have our wives know that we deeply, deeply love them and we're passionately in love with them. And if we can accomplish that, she will be noble. She will bring you no harm. She will in turn build you up also. She'll give you the words of affirmation you're looking for. She'll give you the physical touch that you're looking for. We've got to step up as leaders and help our wives step into into their role as well so we can have super successful families. And then our daughters will ascend to what they see in, in the marriage. I really appreciate you sharing that because I do agree with you that I, you do have to put a lot of yourself into building that relationship with your wife, your spouse, your significant other to be able to have a strong foundation entering into having kids because once you have kids, you put so much of your time and effort into the kids that a lot of times you can lose yourself in that. And so it is so important to be able to reinvest and to be able to have time to create that strong bond with that significant other because of the fact that your kids are watching that and they watch you. And if you have a strong bond, not only will it lead you through the years you have your children at home, but into that empty nest period where your house is going to be much quieter. And it's going to be the two of you. And you have a whole different dynamic in place where if you have built a strong relationship, that will thrive and that will continue to thrive. Whereas if you haven't, a lot of times you start seeing individuals that split up or the, you know, or, or they have to go into counseling or there's other things that come into play because they have lost their way along the way. So I completely agree with you in that regard. Now, As you are moving forward with your conversations that you have on a regular basis with these dads, and as you look at the future of your podcast, what's in store? Yeah, so we've got a a number of different things that we're working on. Every year we start something called The Ascent. So oftentimes guys drift through life or just go wherever the road takes you. Your head's kind of down. You don't really have a target of where you're going for. So I called this group The Ascent. Because we look up, we look on the horizon, we look at the top of a mountain and decide that's the destination we want to go. We put intentional action steps in place to move us towards our goals. We focus on 12-week goals because they're far enough away where we can accomplish a bunch of stuff, but they're close enough where there's a finish line. So you continually need to work to make progress so you can hit the kind of false finish line or the checkpoint that is on our way towards our big goals. So that's that's one thing that we do. That's a super small group. Uh, less than 12 guys are involved in that. And then down the road, we're going to open up a bigger membership group where guys can pay a little bit of money, but be involved with other guys that are paying a little bit of money, build some relationships in that group, and be able to ask those real questions that you're super, super afraid to ask somebody in your regular life. Maybe you don't have that close confidant that you can trust. And then in addition to that, you've got other guys that are being intentional and working towards living into their vision of their life, their ideal family. When you're in community with guys that are moving with momentum, moving the same direction, it helps so, so much for you to have momentum and you to move in that same direction. And when you're about to react emotionally and unload on your kids or unload on your wife 
Instead, you remember now, my group of guys, we respond, not react. We take a breath. We settle down for a second. Another thing is with your cell phone. We're always, so much stuff is going on all the time. And so like in this group, we have a phrase, we call it, be where your feet are. So life's moving or your cell phone's got your attention. I tell guys, just dig your feet into the ground, feel your toes, and then observe your environment. Where are you at? What are the kids doing? What's your wife doing? What are your friends doing? And that helps take you away from your cell phone so you can put it away, put it back on the counter, on the charger, what have you. But just being present with people, people in relationship are such a gift. And oftentimes it's right there in front of us and we can choose to be distracted instead. The IT programming wizards have learned how to just give us dopamine, 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 dopamine by looking at the likes and the comments and other people's lives. And then we can quietly, slowly kill ourselves with comparison and dive into the downward spiral of life instead of diving into relationship and getting into the upward spiral of life. So those are kind of the things that uh, that we are working on building, um, just building that community and building guys up and having them step into and realize the leadership that they have. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And when you don't realize that you have influence, you're either on drift, autopilot, or you're severely being the negative person in the environment. We've got to continually look to be on the positive side, exert our leadership, and help others up. So when Jordan played basketball, he he had to be told, hey, man, it's all about you, and you're never going to win a championship. Once you make it about your teammates and lift your teammates up, you'll win championships. So as a family, I'm looking to win the championship. I've got two daughters, and I can't be like a Major League Baseball player. If I hit 500, that'll be great. I can't do that. I got to bat a thousand. I got to lead both of them, guide both of them towards success. And the only way you can do that is to intentional, be intentional with them and continually be working on things, continually be in conversation with, continually listen to podcasts like Dads with Daughters so that you can stay in that rhythm. Once you get knocked off, once you lose your male buddies that, are doing things right and you start to go solo, that's when things go wrong. And then I would also add prayer into that one as well. Prayer can change your life if you let it. I appreciate you sharing that as well. And I think that you do have to keep on just being in it. I'm going to say being in it to win it. <laughs> and I know that's a little bit of an adage, but you definitely need to do that to be able to be engaged. I've said that so many times to so many dads from an early age, be on the floor, do what you can, be what, do whatever you can. I know, like you said, you're not a big Barbies fan and you'd rather be outside, but I know for me, sometimes I had to get on the floor and play those Barbies as well. And it may not have been something that I had any clue what I was doing or that I had an interest in doing, but when how, my how daughters did you get were into that, when you did it, I used, you know, help me understand how do I do this? You know, teach me, coach me, guide me, show me how to brush the Barbie hair or whatever. Like, I'm just like, I get, I give up. I'm just going to fall into this world where they're the expert. And, you know, pr- their, their main advice was, dad, you just do whatever. It's just imagination. You just have fun. Like, 
<laughs> but what was that like for you? When I did it, I did the same thing. And sometimes you just have to be willing to be a fool and and do some things. And sometimes you'll get your daughters that they'll roll their eyes or they'll say, oh, dad, what are you doing? Yeah, I feel like when they roll their eyes, I'm doing it right. <laughs> Yeah, either that or they you've got you've gone completely off the deep end and and they're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> but I think that as they get older, they they come to appreciate and understand that though it's not your wheelhouse, though it's not something that you may have been comfortable with that you were there, that as they get older, they remember when you show up, when you are the coach of the team, they reflect back and they see dad was present in my life. And I think those are all the pieces that are so important as they get older and then they reflect back and they can say, my dad was there. My, my dad was a part of my life. He was invested and it makes a huge difference as they get older. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where we delve a little bit deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. In one word, what is fatherhood? Love. When was a time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? The day my daughter was born and I just melted and completely accepted that I was going to have a daughter. I gave up all the male son dreams that I had and said, you know what? I've got a daughter. And she had a slightly difficult scare at birth where she wasn't breathing initially. And I almost jumped, climbed over my wife in the bed and dove over there to help the nurse out. And then I realized that I have no idea what I would be doing. <laughs> I should probably just let the medical team do what they do. You know, so I took a breath and a prayer. But once she started screaming and once she was able to breathe, you know, I just thank God that I had a daughter and I was so excited to lead the role of a dad with a daughter. I had accepted it as soon as we found out that she was a daughter. But in that moment that she was born, this is pretty special. I can't wait. Now, if I was to talk to your daughters, how would they describe you as a dad? They would say that I am loving. They would say that I am fun. They would say that I listen. And they would say that I don't allow stinking thinking. Who inspires you to be a better dad? Gosh, there's so many people that inspire me to be a better dad. Recently, I got to spend time with a guy named John O'Leary, a two times New York Times bestselling author when he was nine years old. He got burned over 100% of his body. And then I also got to meet his father. So his father's had Parkinson's for like 17 years or something. And he said to his dad, dad, this Parkinson's thing's got to be, got to be rough, huh? And his dad says, you know, I'm actually grateful. He's like, name three things you're grateful for, dad. And he named not only three things, but he named 17 things off the top of his head. So not only does John O'Leary inspire me, but his dad inspires me because he's able to be grateful for difficult things. He's able to find the gifts and opportunities there. My own dad inspires me. He, he was that dad that worked a lot, but then he sacrificed so, so much to be at all of our events. Uh, every time he saw us, it was a big hug and just loved on us like nobody else. So I'm so thankful that he gave me a great example of love. And even when he got involved with things that he had no idea anything about, he's like, I'm just glad to be with you kids. And so he, he inspires me a ton. And years ago, right before I got to become a dad, there was another guy that was trying to become a great dad who was a kind of in the corner kind of father. He didn't really know what to do because he didn't have good male figures in his life when he grew up. 
So he figured the best thing he could do is just stay out of the way, let his family drift and be on autopilot or just go whatever direction. The opposite of a leader of a family. He literally had the goal of being in the corner. And one day something happened. He changed his life and decided he was great in all these other areas of life. Why couldn't he be a great dad, even though his childhood was terrible? And so he started studying and learning. Now he's got the number one family podcast in the world. At the time I was introduced, he was going to have a podcast. He was going to write a book. And we ended up meeting up to talk about working out together. And I'm like, hey, aren't you that guy that does the Good Dad Project thing? And someday you're going to write a book? And he's like, yeah, it's at the editor's right now. It's almost finished. Like, I'm done writing and the editor's doing the editing. I'm like, no kidding. Tell me more. Yeah, I just invested a bunch of money into starting a podcast. And I've got this podcast coach. Well, the podcast coach had the number one health and wellness podcast in the world at the time. I'm like, dude, you're serious about this thing. Tell me more. And 10 years later, he's got the number one family podcast in the world. So I was grateful years ago to meet Larry Hagner with the Dad Edge. Now he's my neighbor. And now I'm the godfather of his youngest son. So running into a guy that runs a dad community like that was so cool being able to meet him at the very beginning and growing with him over time. So he inspires me to be a great dad as well. I appreciate you sharing all those great models and people that inspire you. Now you've given some different pieces of advice today, quite a few, and I'm sure that the dads that are listening hopefully took some good notes. As we finish up today, what's one piece of advice you want every dad to be able to take with them? So I'll go with something different. So we talked about a whole bunch of things. Prioritize your wife. Be where your feet are. Curiosity, not criticism. So here's something different. If you can remember these words, carefree timelessness. So carefree timelessness is like vacation when you don't have a jam-packed agenda of things to do. Maybe a beach vacation where you've got all the time in the world to get breakfast, get lunch, hang out on the beach, and there's not really a point to it other than enjoying your family. Often we can get scheduled so tightly with multiple sports, multiple kids, and we don't have any of that space where we can just be with our kids. Kids don't need all that much to have fun, and frankly, they don't need anything. When you're a little kid, sometimes a box was the greatest gift of all time. It wasn't what was in the box that you paid for. It was the actual physical box. So find time where you can just put the phone away and just be with your kids and whatever that means. So hiking is a way where I get to just be with my kids. But separate from that, it could be just, hey, let's let's put our phones away. Let's put our tablets away you know, turn the TV off. Let's just hang out. What are we going to do? Well, the more you practice just hanging out and literally carefully timelessness, kids eat that up. I'm sure you've all have heard it. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And one way to do that is to not have an agenda, not have you directing things or not having the sports team direct things, just spending that one-on-one intentional time with your kid and being focused and present with them. And if you don't have anything else, ask questions, find out what games they play. And like you were talking about playing Barbies with your daughters, just dive into their world. And those are the memories the kids are going to have later on in life. Your daughters are going to have later on in life so that as they're raising their family, they can remember those special times and they can create those special times for their kids also. And those are the times also where they may ask you some questions about life. They may ask you a question like, what happens when I die, dad? What happens when people die? I would have an answer for that question. If you don't have an answer for that question, I would say, how do you know how to live today? 
So if you've got the answer to the question of what happens when I die, that can lead to the next question is what does that mean about the way I should live my life now based on what happens when I die? So those are some pretty critical questions that eventually kids are going to ask. Well, Dan, I just want to say thank you. If people want to find out more about you, about your podcast, where should they go? Yeah, so Facebook's probably the best place. I've got a Facebook community called The Journey of a Christian Dad. It is free. Just hit the join button and we'll get you accepted in. If you mention this podcast, that would be super cool. So I know how you found us. But yeah, that's that's the best way. And then my last name is spelled funny, L-U-I-G-S. So I'm really, really easy to find on social media. I don't think there's another one of me anywhere. So whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or any of those different ways are, are all good as well. So I'm just super, super thankful that you had me on the Dads with Daughters podcast. That is like the coolest thing. Well, I appreciate you being on. Thank you for all that you're doing for everything that you're putting out there on your podcast to help other dads. And I wish you all the best. Well, I appreciate it. One of the best way to learn yourself is to dive in and share things with other guys. So it helps you do it at a higher level. So I appreciate you allowing me to be on your podcast so I actually could be a better dad myself. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the world to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.